If I have one thing to say about my time in college, what is the biggest thing that plagues me or what I wonder about the most or, you Mm. know, those kinds of things. And I think this film does a really good job at expressing that one thought. My name is West Gibbons and welcome back to the Tungsten Originals podcast. You just heard part of my conversation with Julia Corinne. Julia is in pre-production for her senior thesis film, Wild Wild Us, which is an experimental film that follows three superficial friends lost in the materialistic world of their own creation. We discussed the inception of this idea, Julia's connection to the world around her, and why collaboration is so important for this project. There's a link to Julia's Indiegogo campaign in the description of this episode. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Episode 42 of the Tungsten Originals Podcast. Julia. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. You know, that's just kind of how I start these things now. You just scream, I just scream at your their guests. Name. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it works. Yeah, it does. It gets us there. It does. It gets us where we need to be. Julia, you are here to talk about your senior thesis film. Yes. Which is called Wild Wild Us, yep. which is an experimental senior thesis film. The first experimental thesis that we've talked about in this little series oh, of talking cool. about thesis films. Yeah. Um, but before we dive into that fun, wacky, wacky, deep, very wacky, crazy story, yeah, I want to talk about you, who you are, how you got into this whole thing. We met in directing actors. We did with the best. Professor, I don't know if we had James we, Adwood, yes. if you're listening to this. Love thank you. you for existing. <laughs> He's amazing. Did you get in a senior two class? Yes, dude. Hell no, yeah. wait, Me too. no, I didn't. You didn't? Oh no. I said that subconsciously that was a Freudian slip because <laughs> that was my wanted. biggest dream and it didn't happen and I somehow said it did. Oh no. But I even emailed him and was like, hey man, like come back to SCAD because he right. took a quarter yeah, off. Yeah, he took a yeah. quarter off. Yeah. More yeah. power to him. More power to him. Um, we love him. Well, add drop week. Maybe you can wiggle your way we'll, in. We'll wiggle it. We'll figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't think we had met before. Had we met before? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Not, oh, improv, perhaps. I've seen oh, you Oh, probably improv. when I did yeah. improv, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is when we knew each other. But we took, that was a year ago when that we took year, that class. So much has happened. A lot. Yeah. And that class, for some reason, has stayed in my orbit. Everyone yeah, has reappeared in some different facet. Oh, yeah. Like Lee is Lee? one of my, yeah. Whoa. Just had them on. <laughs> Such an important person in my life now. And he Same. doesn't know that. Right. I don't know if he's aware, of right. how, but it's a thing. It's, a, it's very much a thing. I yeah. think I tell him all the time, like, that I'm madly in love with him. And I think he kind of brushes it off. And I'm like, no, Lee, I'm, this no, is a proposal. Seriously. Like, please acknowledge me. <laughs> Lee is amazing. Um, but yeah, a lot has happened since then. One yeah. of them being you have started working on your senior thesis film. Yes. Which is, you know, the biggest deal of the film program here. Yeah. It's kind of what the whole four years leads I up to. I guess that's what this whole climactic buildup is for. That's what they've been telling us. <laughs> they told us a lot. <laughs> So I guess we should follow suit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I want to go back to the pre-SCAD days. Where are you from? What's your family like? Yeah. When did you discover film? What is my deepest dreams and right, desires? Right, exactly. The unconscious. Let's just unravel yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I am from South Florida. Okay. I am from Parkland, Florida. Um, gotcha. Yes. I was a soccer player throughout high school. I never had taken an art class ever. And then I came to really? SCAD. Yeah. Why'd you come to SCAD then? If you had like, I got a I got on the soccer team and I've always been creative, but 
I really just came to be an athlete, and I okay. also was on a writing scholarship. So, oh, okay, gotcha. yeah, I was interested in creative writing, which is why I came. I was actually a writing major before I switched to film. Oh, okay. Yeah. When, when did you switch? Uh, my sophomore year, but oh, okay. I wasn't even dramatic writing. I was just technical writing, and I was not even going to touch huh. the realm of film. And then. I started to learn what art was. Right. <laughs> um, those foundation classes for a lot of people, they found them useless. I found them like integral to becoming. Really? Yeah. Like I learned how to be an artist in mm -hmm. three years and just had to like pick it up at rapid speed. Everyone was so technically um, ahead and just right. they already got it, you know, and so. I don't know. Art was definitely a learned, acquired hmm. skill. I think it came as it as I progressed in this school. I, it just came more naturally to me. I think, but um, right, yeah. It's like a first, it was effect. really rough, like drawing yeah. one. Right. Oh boy. <laughs> drawing one is like rough for ninety percent of the people here. Yeah. I remember drawing one. Just like, a traumatic time. Oh yeah, and like the people <laughs> when we would have critique days, like the people that destroy would just me. destroy me. I'm like. Can I just like, do we have to look you at mine? You know, I'm self conscious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there are always the people that are like, yeah, I just spent like 30 minutes on this. And I'm like, you go to hell. The people that <laughs> came you? with like stick figures, though, they're my heroes. Oh, for because sure. Because they decided that they are not right. going to buy into this whole thing. <laughs> and they just That's did true. them. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't care what anyone thought. I exactly. Yeah. 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 And it really doesn't matter. I know. At the end of the quarter, you know, and looking We're back and being like, like, "Oh, none of that mattered." It's right. Kind of, and maybe this film, like this film, matters to me so much right now. But right. maybe in a few years, it it won't. And that's just the hmm. cyclical nature of how everything works. It's like this is of utmost importance, and then we move on, and then right. you know. I I don't want to go on a tangent about my work, but I'm editing a, a short Do that it. I shot. <laughs> yes, Wes, we're switching the <laughs> we're interview switching. roles. I told him this you would told happen. Me this uh, I'm editing, or I'm working with my editor. I'm not doing anything. He's doing the <laughs> actual hard work. But uh, we're in post-production for the short that I shot last summer. And I have realized that my like my relationship with it is like different now. Very different. Like yeah. we've, we've cut entire scenes yeah. and I'm fine with it. You are I'm like, disconnected yeah. from it. Yeah. yeah. I can like see it more objectively now. Yeah. He's like, this doesn't work. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's just trash it. Wow. <laughs> and it's made it a lot better. So, yeah. I was, but that that's actually a really interesting topic. I've been discussing that with people. It's like the art that I made, like even the film I made last quarter, that's no, that's, it's been done already. So the right. fact that I'm putting it out to the world makes me think, okay, like, I do I need to be validated to make something? And there's that whole discussion of like right. the final product of art. Like yeah. for films, it's so different because the art was made when you were there and you were sweating and you were making it. And that was the, so, yeah. You know? so, so is that your like is being on set the peak for you? But right now is also the peak for me. It's, okay. it's, it's the pre because I am like a dreamer. And, right. and this is all conceptual and yeah. it's the most exciting part because right. it's like the possibilities are endless. It's endless. Yeah. And, and the production designers I have on this and like the art directors, everyone kind of gets my even Aiden. He's my producer. He's yeah. just incredible because like they get my brain. It's just nice. I'll just say really big ideas <laughs> at people yeah. and they're like a little it's a little jarring for right. them, but they're like, OK, all right. right. I just need it's it's good. I like working with like very collaboratively because 
Mm-hmm. I want people to ground my my choices. Right. You know. But it is also amazing whenever you meet people and they like begin to speak your language. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Because it's like you're. I don't know. I feel like is this is very. Uh, this could come off maybe as very pompous or full of myself, but like as artists and also just as people, like everyone wants to be understood. Totally. And I think when you are directing a film that is so personal, and you're like being very vulnerable and like expressing these ideas whenever you see people like get it it's like oh i'm not crazy (laughs) you know what i mean yeah and i think this film is a little difficult for that reason because you know uh, there's a population of people that won't get this film that'll watch Mm -hmm. it and not receive anything new from it and feel uncomfortable with how different it is from traditional films that they're watching so i'm open to that too and i guess my hope is that when they do watch it and like and they're feeling uncomfortable um, to just sit with the discomfort right. or the questions or the wondering and like being okay with not understanding it at all. Like that's yeah. okay. If it's lost in translation and you just get to have an experience of images, right. that's cool too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, speaking of, let's go ahead and just dive in and talk about it. So like I said at the beginning, it's an experimental senior thesis film. The film that you made that you were just talking about that you're like releasing now was also kind of experimental yeah right did you okay. watch it the filling i don't think so not okay. yet yeah um, i apologize I, <laughs> just kidding guys you did a lot of research <laughs> i've got this. a whole you did two. Oh, did you a, hear the paper <laughs> that's the paper <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna cut in just a sound of like a thousand pages oh my god to make it i love that that's so great um but that was also very experimental and ethereal in a way from from the amazing like BTS photography and stills that I saw. Yeah. Um, why is experimental the route to explore this stuff? Because it's, mm-hmm. I mean, experimental is like, it's off the beaten path, both in the SCAD film program, but also just in film in general. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, right now it's dominated by Marvel movies and like big blockbusters totally. and stuff like that. And even indie movies, but like, they're not really, they all have like a, a through line. It's like mm-hmm. easy to digest. So um, in that transition from writing to filmmaking, were you immediately like, oh, experimental stuff? Yeah. Or how did you find it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's not the standard way. Yeah. I want to say first <laughs> that you're really good at this. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> that means a lot. Let me just take a moment to make Wes uncomfortable <laughs> and to notice how great he is at interviewing. Um, thank okay. you. That, mean, that really does mean a lot. Um, Okay, so experimental was the only route I could go into because this is the thing like I was not a film person. Everyone that is in the film department was like, I've been watching Star Wars and I know every director from the French New Wave. And like (laughs) I came into film not even watching a lot of films. And so I didn't understand. And the reason why I went into film is because I loved creative writing and I wanted I love visual art and mm-hmm. I came to love visual art and I was like, how can I do both? And so I'm just doing visual writing is essentially oh. like where I'm going with all of this. And I didn't know how a tra- I didn't I wasn't good at traditional narratives. I tried them because Scad the professors here are trying to um kind of direct you in a way to make money for an yeah, industry. They want to prepare you for the profession. For yeah. Sure. And yeah. you're not making ton of tons of money on experimentals these days. And so I wasn't making, I wasn't writing good narrative scripts and I wasn't, Mm. it didn't come naturally. And so I loved the photography aspect of being behind a camera and I loved um, composition and Mm. those sorts of things. And I was like, how can I 
use creative writing and this visual medium and like make them. And so experimental is just, I just fell into it and it felt right. I didn't have Hmm. to justify my decisions. And that's not to say that decisions in experimental aren't intentional because that's kind of like a weird thing of, yeah, you make experimental films and a lot of your, you can just do whatever you want. And I don't think that's true. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, experimental, like you, there has to be intention or else you're not going to, resonate with your audience yeah and a lot of experimental is just me um exploring like subconscious thoughts like unconscious Mm -hmm. thoughts that i'm having and the feeling was a lot about the first movie i made about indulgence and filling with material things to think Mm -hmm. that will make us feel completed and right yeah and a lot of those themes go into the new film i'm making also right yeah i saw it in your and the materials that you provided me that like materialism is like a big totally influence in it. So was your creative writing this also like in the same style, like not experimental creative writing because that's yeah. not like a term that's used, but was it yeah. in that same idea? Yeah, totally. Okay. Cause I was writing poetry. Like that right. is what I grew up doing. And I did okay. like spoken word competitions and stuff like that. And oh, okay. so gotcha. like poetry was like the big thing for me. And yeah. so even at SCAD, I'm a creative writing minor and I was like making visual poems. That was the first thing mm. I directed at SCAD was a visual poem. So that's how I write my scripts. They're kind right. of like, un- like unorthodox, I'd say. And mm. just like, I'm trying to make it as poetic as possible. Cause that's I want everything to just flow. I don't want it me yeah. trying to grasp at the way that people are telling me I'm supposed to be doing things. I think right. that's the biggest thing. Because like in our writing classes, it's all like, okay, well, your slug line has to look like this. Yeah. You have to put interior period and, you know. Yeah, Which totally. again is just preparing us. And you're a writer us. too. Yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, it can be frustrating to like... Like, sometimes you can obsess over those confines totally. in the actual, like, exactly. thing. And you're losing the thing you're yeah, chasing. Yeah, exactly. In the process. It's yeah. something that's really delicate. It's this idea that you're carrying underneath layers of, and people are just piling on specifics and thing, and should should do's. And, and they're not effective right. in keeping that thing as precious as possible. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. I want to read the log line of your... Uh, of Wild Wild Dust, which, by the way, very well-written logline. It really got me. <laughs> Loglines can be difficult, so I yeah. very much enjoyed it. But here it is. Three adult friends share a picnic that becomes an ethereal romp among the natural world, inevitably an experience that won't be able to last when the modern world beckons its return. Oh, my God. Did I say all that? Wow. <laughs> did I write <laughs> beckons? <laughs> I used the word beckons, y'all. Whoa. I can't believe they haven't given you the degree already. I know, right? Because that's all it takes. I want a Nobel write. Prize for yeah, that logline. Exactly. Um, Use the biggest words I know. That's yeah. essentially what happened. <laughs> exactly. We mentioned earlier that like materialism is a big theme in your work. Nature is a big theme of your work in general, and one of the submitted questions that I received was from your lovely first AD, Kara Ang. Hello, Kara. Hello, Kara. Uh, Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Bring her in. (laughs) Um, She said, when did you become so influenced by nature? And I want to elaborate on that because your work and like how you present yourself is very you it's like very honest you know what i mean like it oozes your personality and that like you know what you're getting and that's a really admirable thing i think and it's obvious that you are very connected to the world around you and stuff and i love that that's like the idea that you're tackling so has nature always been 
on your mind like growing up in south florida in those in that environment in that hot hot, sweaty environment like when did that begin when was that seed pardon the pun planted (laughs) yeah um that's a really good question uh i grew up in the suburbs so i was really disconnected from nature in the early stages of my life Mm -hmm. and a lot of the coolest people i know grew up in a forest and so i kind of envy that in a way that they were exposed to it at such a early age but um i didn't fully connect to nature until I came to SCAD, honestly. Hmm. When I left home and I came up here, and honestly, the summer was like my full frenzy into the natural world. I think that's why it's so prevalent in my life is because this is all new to me. I'm like, like I saw snow for the first time like last year. Really? And and that's just a small example of like, I'm at an age where I'm so hyper conscious of how wonderful it is to be on earth. Like, mm-hmm. that, like seeing snow fall and not having that be normal, having that be a new experience is so interesting. It's yeah. like the world really works like this. Like it's re-questioning all the things that we think are normal because it's mm-hmm. like some days I'll stop by a bush of flowers and I'll just walk by it and not see it. And like now when I walk by, I try to pay attention to these things because mm-hmm. like, they're so special and right. like, I don't know. And this summer, especially I went up to Pennsylvania and it was the first time I went up North and like experienced the forest, like the hmm. real forest and creeks, like swimming in the creeks and the whole experience of just hmm. working on a farm and feel like feeling food grow from vines and like hmm. holding that and then picking that and then eating that. Like it, it's been such a rediscovery of my world um Mm. and i'm so much more in love with it now that i'm at an age where i can appreciate how cool everything is like like giraffes like think about giraffes i'm taking this podcast like way out there but (laughs) this is the animal planet podcast yeah i need to be like we need to get snoop dog on here to like do this with us um a creature it sounds silly but think about thinking about a giraffe like how incredible those creatures look Mm -hmm. those are like imaginative figures we can come up with in our and they're real, like right. we can see. And so that's the thing. I think we all become so apathetic to our environment that we're not in that state of wonder anymore. And I think it's like mm-hmm. not great for us. Right. I think a large part of that is because you're experiencing things for the these things for the first time, like at an age where you are remembering that you're experiencing it. Like, I don't yeah. know how old I was when I first experienced snow, but like, exactly. I don't remember what it was like because mm-hmm. I was too young. I, my junior year of high school at the boarding school I went to, it snowed and I saw people experiencing snow for the first time and it was very magical. We weren't in the middle of the woods. We were like, you know, on campus, but it was so interesting because like, you know how snow, like it forms pockets of air on the ground. So everything's quieter and like the light reflects a Mm -hmm. lot. So it's like this weird brightness as well. Yeah. I read a poem once that was describing like when you're outside and it's like full of snow, it feels like you're in a room or something, yeah. like something enclosing you. And it's like so yeah. comforting for some reason, even though yeah. you're cold. It's like a, yeah, it's like a blanket on us. Yeah. It's just over everything. Um, climate change is... Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Let's get into it. I mean, you know, it is the topic of, is. of the world right now, as it should be. And it actually definitely should be the topic more in a more substantial way uh as a self-appointed man of science i like to 
think that we should be talking about it more. Man of science, I like that. <laughs> that just means nerd. Is just what that means. That is <laughs> That's a PhD means. nerd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, how large of a part does the current climate crisis play in you literally stopping to smell the roses? It has nothing to do with it. And really? I know that's bad. No, to I don't say. think that's bad. I think that's interesting. Yeah, it has nothing to do with it. I'm not worried. I mean, that doesn't mean that you're not, you don't care. Yeah. But that's interesting. Yeah, because I'm only worried about my life. Hmm. And I'm not, that sounds very self centered, but in a way it's true and it's necessary because. Everyone I, is at some level. Yeah. And if we're focused on the way that we are, as individuals, are impacting our world then it, it shouldn't it doesn't matter because we have no control over over others and so right. if i'm stopping and looking at the flowers every morning that's me doing my part to pay attention to what is so delicate right now mm-hmm. um and it it needs our attention and i'm not gonna go on a climate change thing because that is a dark hole and yeah and honestly it's not very helpful for me because it makes me sad mm-hmm. um, because the earth is just unbelievable but there's also this theory that you know the the cycles of the earth are cyclical anyway like we've had the ice age like the mm-hmm. earth cleanses itself in different ways so i think it's going to be fine earth i think will be we're fine. not we won't we're yeah. fucked yeah oh. <laughs> no you could say that i mean you wait know. really I yeah can... you can say whatever you want no it, that, tungsten like... is cool this just <laughs> in thank you no and that's the thing like the earth has survived worse you yeah. know like we're... but we have not <laughs> no. we are the are the true True delicate ones. Um, yeah. That's interesting. So uh, I think that also ties into like how, from what I could tell from the materials that I was reading, like it seems like a lot of what you think about is like your place in yeah. the world and in yeah. the specifically alliance with Earth, which I thought was a really interesting word to use. That's just a word that you used a lot in that yeah. in those materials is that you talked about your alliance with Earth. And that's not a word that I like often hear in the not just the conversation about climate change, but just like how like we're becoming more conscious about our impact again, not on a climate way, but just like on our day to day life, how we affect yes, the world around us. So exactly. um, why the word alliance and what do you think is our current state yeah. of both your alliance and humans alliance with Earth? Yeah. So when I use the word alliance, it's not too say how I'm helping like in the preservation of earth or the like conservation aspects it's like am I coexisting with Mm -hmm. mother earth and it's like teamwork that's what that makes me think of yeah and it's also uh it's dwelling together in a symbiotic relationship like when I I'm doing this thing where I'm exploring my backyard and I'm like re-looking at like all the leaves when they're falling instead of just sweeping them out and into the garbage can or like um, I'm paying attention to the trees and the way that the birds move and like I'm just exploring my own space. And so I think if everyone just like even explored their own space, like if they have a small backyard or in mm. their the bush in front of their front lawn, right. just like knowing what things are um, and then you start to notice them more and you pay attention to them more. And I think that's the thing. It's it's not knowing and that's why when some people are getting plastic bags from like it's not something that's like why are they doing this they're the problem it's no it's like they don't know they're not paying attention and so we have to treat that with like love and compassion and Mm -hmm. 
And I think that is a good teacher and redirecting them to like what actually matters, you know? Right. So is that something that you concern yourself with a lot is like spreading the information? Yeah, I think I think spreading the word is like Mm. a big part of what I feel my purpose on earth is is not just about this just like spreading the word about and not in like a way that's i believe this you should too but just spreading the i think what the things that i think are super open and i wish that that could spread that message that we should all be wide open to anything like Hmm. i haven't made up my mind on any topic i'm pretty sure like Hmm. i i have morals that i that guide me and i I feel viscerally what is right and wrong but like nothing is decided and that makes Hmm. the world really exciting because it's like anything is any i could believe anything i want to and and Hmm. i and that's why people you come in, you come find yourself in more interesting conversations with strangers and naturally things are more interesting because people feel how open you are and you can say mm-hmm. anything without judgment to, you know, like nothing anyone could say to me would surprise me at this point. I, I feel mm-hmm. like I've gotten in conversations with people that are just really like strange for a normal person to hear. But like <laughs> for me, it's just like, huh. I don't, I don't like respond with like, oh, I don't think that I respond with like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's a weird, interesting. And I say weird in a positive way, like way of thinking, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Do you find that you learn more about yourself in those conversations? Yeah. I just, the more I talk to people, the more I'm like, I am you too. Like I find, Mm. I like, I find myself finding myself in other people. And I think that, I think that's what causes me to have compassion and empathy but also i find myself in my environment which is why i have so much love for the earth it's like when you see yourself in everything you realize what you are and then and then life becomes simpler because you're just joyful Mm -hmm. yeah it seems like something that you concern yourself a lot with is grounding yourself both in the literal and metaphorical sense of the term like literally connecting yourself to the physical world Mm -hmm. around you this isn't really related to the movie, but I'm a huge space nerd. So do you cool. think about your connection to the universe as an extension yeah. of that? That's a really interesting question. I think like Earth is like I think of Earth as heaven already. And so I'm mm. like more I'm people are always like defining Earth in I don't know, biblical texts Mm. that is this magical place where there's so much vegetation and all i'm like we are living on that right now Mm -hmm. it's your backyard like and the debt like there's so many different ecosystems it's such Mm. a big playground and that's how i like feel about earth and outer space is interesting i mean it's just vacancy yeah yeah it's a whole lot of nothing it's a whole lot of nothing but a whole lot of something as well i don't really know and that's the thing too it's like we are all pretending, walking around, acting like there's just not this huge thing at large here yeah. that we are literally right. in a cosmic miracle yeah. and hurtling through the universe at hundreds at of thousands of miles per hour. Top speeds. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. and it's absurd. And everyone's acting like, were you late to work today? Or like, and, and that's what I wanted to talk about in this film was like mm-hmm. in the beginning scene, 
there's three characters and they're just uh, still tied to this material world talking about the past and the future and not what's happening right mm -hmm. now. And I wanted to represent in that of like kind of how artificial we make our lives sometimes. We're mm -hmm. playing in these narratives, these dramas, and like we forget that this is a magical experience to be here, right. you know? Yeah. So how do you stay true to yourself in the age of social media and mass sharing and wow. all of all of this bullshit that we push online oh my gosh that's such a good question <laughs> it's so hard because yeah on one hand i think when i am trying to curate who i am on social media i also have this like confliction of like why do i need to justify myself right yeah and it's sort why of why does it matter why does it matter if yeah. anyone knows who I am and why these pictures are me. And like, as long as I'm expressing me through my being, it's like, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. And so I don't know, I'm kind of like, how do you feel about social media? I'm conflicted. I think there's positives and negatives. Yeah. Um, one thing that I think about is that it's so new. It's like the newest thing we have. So we don't understand the implications yes. of it. Yes. Um, like the generation under us is the first generation to have social media for their whole lives, you know? Oh my gosh, um, those poor children. Yeah, and we just truly don't know what's going to happen. I think it's interesting yeah. that like we are actively trying to research the psychology and like understand how one post can affect huge decisions that are made by people. Oh my so gosh, it's, yeah. it's very convoluted but i respect the people that are like doing the work in coding and computer science to like begin to understand how this affects us yeah. um, but and i definitely think there are positive parts to it i like I, when i was in high school i think i had like a bigger social media following because i was like conforming to what people wanted mm -hmm. to see and wanted to like and then I kind of like had like a rebellious phase where I would post like very insignificant pictures or pictures right. that only I could ever think are cool and would get like 20 likes or something yeah. or even less. And I had to like figure out how I felt about that because, right. you know, it's yeah. kind of like you're getting 300 likes and then you're getting like 10 likes. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, people don't like who I am now or that's what it's yeah. coming through virtually. That connection. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to become okay with people not being on my vibe at all. And like, right. that's okay. And it's one of those things that you do have to like step outside yourself and look at it from a 30,000 foot view and be like, oh, wait, it's just Instagram. It's just, it's just Instagram. Instagram people. And that's what if fine. Instagram, if Instagram like deleted, like someone yeah. accidentally deleted this app, so many personal identities would be gone. Gone. Yeah. People would not know what to do. It'd right. be the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Would, it'd be very interesting to see like the, what the fallout yeah. of that would be. So I don't know. I think we're still learning about it, but yeah. um, I don't think it's all bad. I don't think it's all good. I think there's a nuance to it, which is very just, like, yeah, I think there's nuance, so but I really do think there is. So, And I think that like I, someone just said on a podcast today that when you narrow, when you limit things to be one thing, like if it's good or bad, right. you're, it's, you're thinking simply because it's yeah. so much more complex than that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is something that like is happening in our conversations and disagreements and that whole world of politics and stuff like that it's like things are being boiled down to black or white and it's exactly. like there's actually 
a ton of nuance and it's actually yes. really complicated. It's so complicated, people. So. Like Republicans it could be really nice people. Democrats could also be really nice people. Like yeah. that's that's a whole other thing yeah. that I don't care about. I right. really don't care about it yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. It's very frustrating. Um Something that you wrote in your materials was, without the natural world, we become a species of seriousness and of suffering. This film is about the liberation of the human species for even a brief moment. I want to ask you, oh how do God, you hope... I hate it when you quote me. <laughs> well, you sent me some very quotable things, so <laughs> it's a compliment. How do you hope the human species liberates itself in the coming years and generations, and within that... How do you hope to contribute to that liberation? How I hope to contribute to that is by just working on myself. And that's, I mm -hmm. guess, what I think the human species should do is just everyone just looks inward because we're right. so outward based. We're like, this is the reason why I'm not happy. This is because of this, this. It's outward, outward. I need this to make me happy. I mm -hmm. need it's and we're going the wrong way. We need to go right. in in indoors there mm -hmm. and see how our inner workings are happening because that is going to tell us how we actually feel about the world. Mm -hmm. It's a big question. It's such a big question. It's a big question. But I think this film explores how, I don't know how everyone else can do it. I know how I'll do it. And I yeah. explored that through three characters. And yeah. the three characters all undergo three different character arcs. And the elements of them is what I'm exploring in myself. Right. And that is prohibiting me from accessing nature. And those three qualities to me are vanity and self-consciousness, indulgence and greed and carelessness. And those are mm. the things that keep me from being the full expression of myself. I'm too worried about how I am being perceived or, you know, and yeah. or I'm indulging in too much of the material world or um, I get a little careless sometimes and I'm not being conscious of my decisions. And I think that are those are the three things that I'm exploring in this film. Mm -hmm. And when they finally release all of those at towards yeah. the end of the film, it's kind of just like blank slates. All of those intense personalities we saw at the beginning kind of uh, diffuse a little bit and they mm -hmm. become unified and with each other and with nature and yeah, within themselves. Yeah. Another, I'm going to lob another quote oh here you, we go because uh, oh it loops into what you were saying you said each character represents a different facet of my essence and so while exploring man's relationship with nature i'm also exploring the relationship i have with myself so do you find it easier to understand yourself if you fictionalize characters based on various aspects of your reality yeah, because I don't know anyone else. I don't know right. how to be anyone else. So whenever I'm creating a character, it's just going to be one dimension of my personality because yeah. that's, the only, that's the only context I have to work mm -hmm. from. Yeah, so each character is a part of me. Right. Um, and in everything I make, really, it's just... Wow, am I self-centered? No, I'm the exact same <laughs> way. I only They say write what you know and you only know yourself. So exactly. every, like, my senior senior thesis film is like the I most about blueberry picking yes it is it's a, it's With the most storial yeah it's the most personal story i've ever no. written ever so yeah i totally Wes, that's feel so that. cool it's a lot of fun i'm working on the rewrites right now and i'm very excited the blueberries are that whole scene is probably gonna be so whimsical yeah i think it's gonna be fun i 
have many ideas. So many ideas. I'm very excited for it. <laughs> um, in the email you sent me when you were like explaining the project and the idea behind it and everything like that, you mentioned that you have a bunch of different majors working on this. Why was it important to you to have various majors on this project? This project's like not traditional in any way. I right. didn't even want the set environment to be like a traditional film set. Um, yeah. I wanted to be just an experience for my actors to explore on set too. So we have like hmm. a, we have a real a script that I want to follow, but I'm gonna leave like so much space for everyone to explore right. the, the imagination that they can culminate on the day. But um, it was important for me to include multiple different majors because, as I said, I'm like super collaborative and I know yeah. what I don't know and I know who could know what I don't know and. I essentially got the best artists I've met at SCAD and asked them to help me. And I was nice. lucky enough that they were like, sure, let's do right. it. And I like can't express how grateful I am to Jackie and Kat, my art directors. Mm -hmm. Kat is actually uh, Fibers. Oh, cool. Yeah, and okay. she is like editor of SCAD Manor, which is like the, right. fashion, yeah, yeah. the fashion thing. Um, so I just got a bunch of people and, and that didn't really watch too many films because I think that holds filmmakers back. If you've seen too many movies, hmm. your subconscious is guiding your decisions to replicate what you know. And that's not a bad thing, but if you want to make something authentic, I won't say don't watch too many movies, but um, talk to other majors, talk to art, other art mm. mediums because they'll bring you into unknown places that yeah. aren't normal in film. So in your relationship with Kara, who's your first AD, who's an incredible first AD, how are y'all finding, and with your producers as well, how are you finding that balance between the structure of making a film? Because at the end of the day, like you have shots you got to get, you got to make sure that you hit record, you know, and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. Um, but how do you find the balance between the structures that we are taught and how things should run versus the free flow that the film like desires? Yeah, I think. Or are you still figuring that out? I, I feel like that's probably a process. I think so. Yeah. I think, I think mostly I just found, I just like have the best friends and yeah. I have people on this set that understand my brain. And so yeah. there's a natural balance act that's happening. Right. And they know when to tell me no, when to set, when to push me further. And mm -hmm. they know my, my limits. So yeah, I think Aiden, um, my producer, has been like the most important because he is hyper creative and he understands my ideas on a conceptual level. And he's like, right. this is really interesting. Yeah. But he also is able to handle the logistics of things and yeah. it sometimes pull me back a little bit. And mm -hmm. that's necessary. And Kara, too. I mean, Kara is my creative partner in life in general. Right. Yeah. And our brains just work super well together. Mm -hmm. And I think that she's really honest with me, especially in the conceptual parts of this, saying this doesn't work, this works. And so that mm -hmm. kind of, that kind of honesty and understanding for the way that my creative process works like really keeps me grounded. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It all matters for them like understanding the source material. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So speaking of Kara, she submitted another question. Oh my um, God, Kara, what you trying to do to me, girl? <laughs> Um, she asked, uh, how did your summer internship influence this project? I know that you worked on a farm this summer. Tell me about that experience and what you did and yeah. you know, how you, oh, how you explored that. I worked at a yoga meditation retreat center called the Himalayan Institute this summer. Um, wow. it was in rural, small town, Honesdale, Pennsylvania. 
And on the weekends, I'd work at this farm called Old School Farm um, and help them serve pizzas. And so hmm. I got to learn a lot from the people yeah. that actually the film is based off of uh two people I had met there. Their names are literally Evan and Ryan. They're, I didn't even change the names. Oh, um, nice. Not personality-wise, just right. um, based on the experience that I shared with them of going into nature one day and just mm -hmm. being in absolute wonder and them facilitating mm -hmm. that and encouraging me and also sharing my experience. Mm -hmm. um, Pennsylvania, this summer, my summer internship, like revived me i wrote the script right after i had left that summer internship okay. and gotcha. it was fresh on my mind mm -hmm. all of the um the newness of the environment and i just wanted to make a film that represented how i felt this summer um mm. yeah gotcha and do you feel that you i mean film hasn't been made yet from but from the script totally. do you feel that totally that's amazing yeah um i got another submitted question the fans really came out in they flocks came out to for play. you. So <laughs> shout They're out all to my them. friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the best kind of plug. Um, exactly. Kelly McKay asked, how do you implement your concepts into successful visuals to tell a concise story? Obviously, like you were saying at the beginning of this episode. That, Kelly McKay. It's a great question. She really thought about that It's a that great one. question. She did. Um, obviously, like you were saying at the beginning of this episode, like visuals are something that you think about a lot mm -hmm. so um you know how do you implement your concepts into a successful visual just so i can say sorry <laughs> images just like i dream of them mm -hmm. um when i'm reading them and i'm reading it aloud like it's a poem i'm like what would i see if mm -hmm. for this feeling it's basically matching like pictorial images with feelings visceral feelings gotcha. and that's actually easy easier for me than than not mm -hmm. so um yeah i don't know uh Im imagery comes natural to me because i've been practicing with my writing for so long that i think that when it came time to turn it and transform it into a visual visual medium it just came came naturally yeah yeah so whenever you're writing the script like do you have i mean obviously you create like lookbooks for like production design and cinematography and stuff but I know you sent me those inspirational pictures. Is that just for like yeah. the movie as a feeling? Yeah. Okay. It's just like, I just put together a bunch of pictures and we're yeah. like, what do you feel about this? Right. And that's what I essentially showed my class. And they were like, oh, whoa, girl. <laughs> um, especially that ripomatic I made. It's yeah. like um, just a video compilation mm. that is essentially the feeling of mm. whatever you're trying to make. And that was really special to me because mm. I spent a lot of time making it as beautiful and like poetic as I could. And it's just a mirage of other people's work. And so mm. that's, it's like kind of collaging, but in a right. video way, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your fundraising campaign oh because gosh. when you're listening to this, your Indiegogo campaign is live. It'll be the mm -hmm. first link in the description of this episode. So go down, click it, give them some money. Um, give us a million dollars. A million dollars. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> exactly. this one's for you, man. <laughs> um, how can this funding from Indiegogo help you achieve the dream of this movie? Um, well, big, big guy is we're shooting on film. Right. Which I is heard. not... Tell cheap. me about that decision, because you're right; it's not cheap at all. It ain't. It ain't cheap. <laughs> but when I thought about the film, I thought it could only be 
shot on film, just mm-hmm. this kind of textured, gentle tenderness, this like very intimate space. And I felt that we wanted to feel as handmade as possible. Mm. Um, and so I wanted, I only thought that film could work and my DP was on board. Evan was like, yeah, let's do yeah, it. Cause and, he, he's worked with film and continues to work with film. So yeah, exactly. And he's great at it. So he's so, it's up his alley. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. He's great. Thanks Evan for helping me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but film is a big part of the budget. Yeah. Um, but also you'll be contributing to us moving housing up north because we'll be staying at like an Airbnb whenever we go into the northern mountains because that's where we're looking to shoot. We're not going to... Yeah, we're, that's another quick care question. Yeah. Where are you shooting? We are shooting... That's still up in the air, right. but we're trying northern Georgia mountains cool. and Blue Ridge kind of thing. Oh, love um, the Blue Ridge mountains. Yeah, because I, I checked out a lot of the Savannah nature scene and it ain't... It ain't hot. You know, it is hot though, but (laughs) it looks, it's not the same as what I pictured this summer. So I'm trying to move us up north a little bit. And so hopefully we, but that's a big part of the budget is housing. Other than that, killer production design. I mean, we are going all out and that's the biggest part. I want this to be an art film. And like I've Mm -hmm. told me and Jackie and Kat have all talked about, we want every single frame to look like its own composition. Mm. Like I could stand alone. Um, so we're spending a lot of time and money on, um, making sure that the aesthetic atmosphere is exactly how we want it to be. So that's another part of the budget. But I think those are the main things. I mean, mm. it's pretty small crew too. Yeah. So just food and food and ha- food and housing, baby. Right. And I think that's pretty much it. Um, so yeah. what are some of the fun perks that people can get for back in your campaign? <sighs> the fun, fun perks. The fun, amazing perks. Amazing <laughs> perks, guys. You hear that? They're a hell of a deal. Hell of a deal. <laughs> um, so we are... Uh, if you check out our Instagram, we do have an awesome artist, Jackie Hinkson, yeah. who is making posters. And we're taking the emblem of the three energetic bodies that we have in our thing and making stickers out of them. And we're oh, also cool. making cool, dope T-shirts. And they're actually really cool designs that won't even have the name of our film on them. That's you, cool. Yeah. So it's just. I love it when, when that happens. Cause it's yeah, like a conversation. Cause you don't really star. want, right. you don't really want someone's film on your laptop. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but these, but these creatures, which I think are just beautiful, ethereal images of little, uh, she made me actually a painting last year that was called the cosmic dancers. And mm. it's these three energetic bodies that are moving among these like colorful different planes. And I was like that, I want you to take what you made in this painting for mm. me and like make it into a logo for this film. So nice. they'll be getting some stickers and, um, posters and t-shirts, nice. t-shirts, t-shirts. So oh, yeah. definitely check out the link to the Indiegogo campaign. I'm going to donate and y'all should too. It's really the most like tangible way you can support young artists is to actually give them your money. So chip in a few bucks, like really any amount truly Seriously. does help. Like not just in the fact that it like adds to the budget, but like the way Indiegogo algorithms work, like you get pushed up more if you have you know, more donations. So that's yeah. just, that's just how it works. But, um, I didn't know that. That's cool. I think so. I mean, like, I, I don't know that for sure, but that's Are just you how doing I assume. One for your film? Yeah. I haven't okay. launched it yet. It's going to be up all December. Oh, so, nice. Um, nice. but I do like a lot of research with Indiegogo and stuff. And like, if you get a bunch of donations, then you can get on like the trending really? page that and get to push to the front yeah. page. So like, there's a whole science 
behind it. But um, Aiden, do your research. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's killing it. Um, in this production, what are some of the difficulties that you have already faced? And what are some that you maybe expect to face once you get on set? Um, yes. I think the beginning questions were who finding actors that are willing to have this experience because there is like partial nudity in mm. this and almost full nudity. Right. And so just or and also which actors can I find that will understand these concepts? Because mm-hmm. if they're not understanding what I'm trying to say, then they're not going to express it with honesty right. and authenticity. So um, I actually got lucky enough where I was sitting in my room one day and I was like, I want this character to be like Kelly McKay, which is one of my really good friends and one of the best directors I've ever met. And she graduated from SCAD like two years ago. And I was like, I was expecting the actors to be much older at first. Like I Mm. wanted them to be in their 50s because I thought that would be more potent if you saw older people that are running through uh, like naked in the forest. Mm -hmm. But then... I was thinking, no, I think Kelly is ex- the perfect person to be this. And then I was like, who else would be? A per-? And then I was like, oh, Ryan Hans, another friend of mine who moved to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like one of my best friends. And he would also be just like the character Ryan. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm just I I fix those issues because I use the art- artillery of uh, cool people that I already know that understand my concepts without me having to try to rationalize them Hmm. and i'm using that to my advantage and that was the other thing like i wanted everyone on my crew to understand the concepts that i'm trying to show and like i want to know everyone on my crew and i want them to know me and i want everything to be intimate that way like what we make together you'll feel the intimacy because Mm -hmm. of that so that was one of the issues um the other issue is um just getting support from like i wanted to show it to my professor and pitch it to him and kind of get his feedback. So there was a little bit of nervousness about that because Mm. it is, it is non-traditional and um, sort of peculiar and strange. And I can understand confusion when, when reading the script at first glance, but the more discussions that has been happening and I don't know, just delving into the concepts a little bit deeper, I think people are getting it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very refreshing when people get it. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I'm okay. Especially yeah. like, I mean, we both have Professor Lubo. It feels good to have him get it because he's like a stickler for good stuff. Like He is. In a good way. And like that is, that's totally. a compliment. You know, it's very good yeah. that he is that way. All right. Final question. Final question. Final question. Here we go. I'm going to lob another quote. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Another one of your own quotes. You said, making something potentially risky makes me a better filmmaker and artist because although it might not resonate with everyone, it will be my truth conveyed through a visual palette. Oh my gosh. Did you say palette? I make myself sick sometimes. (laughs) Um, We've obviously- I stand by that thought though, actually. Absolutely, as you as you absolutely should. We've obviously covered a lot about your thoughts on the world and how this film like relates to that. This has been very conceptual and I really have enjoyed that uh, because as filmmakers, we can get bogged down in the, oh, well, this location dropped and oh now we have gosh. to worry about that. So yeah. it's really nice to just talk about the ideas for an hour. Yeah, the um, ideas are so exciting. Yeah. So, you know, this has been iterated a lot, but could you summarize like- how does Wild Wild Us represent the Julia Corrin truth? I think 
the wild wild us is just one concise thought and it's mm. it's it's presented in a lot of different ways and it's really artistic and aesthetic and all of these things but essentially it's one thought that i have and that thought constitutes a huge part of what i think about all the time during the day what i think about before i go to bed it's a thought that is the expression of me in the past four years. And that's kind of what I wanted this film to be about. It's like, if I have one thing to say about my time in college, what is the biggest thing that plagues me or what, what I wonder about the most or, Mm. you know, those kinds of things. And I think this film does a really good job at expressing that one thought, you know? Wow. Yeah. It's just, it's just a a thought. That's a feat. No, I mean, it's, it's just a thought, but it's also, you know, thoughts are big. Yeah, it's that a big really thought. That sounded really dumb, but you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, it's a like, big thought, yeah. and it's a thought that I'll probably be working through my whole life. And hmm. and not to go too far into things again, but the film is, is about nature, yeah. But right. it's also about us, our unconscious self and our conscious self. Hmm. And it's the fluctuation between going in those states. Like in the beginning, they're all unconscious they're doing unconscious behaviors they're not aware of themselves and when they enter this world and they're hyper conscious of what they really are Mm -hmm. that is what this film is about it's a cycle of going in and out of consciousness and that's something that i've been thinking about for a really long time and like Mm -hmm. being aware more aware of when i'm being unconscious and i'm not noticing the flowers and i'm walking right by them and i'm not stopping to appreciate what they are that's what the film is about it's like being aware it's extending the period of awareness and Mm. limit and making the the unconscious period smaller and i think that Mm. that's what i was trying to say in this film and it it is about nature but it's about nature because nature helps you access your conscious self way quicker and more efficiently than going watching netflix or Mm. you know like those kinds of things it's like a direct route into what the truth is right you know I lied. I'm going to ask you another question. <laughs> okay. Because I want to. Earlier on in the episode, you said that, like, you know, maybe people won't get this and yeah. that's okay, but you want them to be okay with them not understanding. And that phrase, being okay with not understanding, really stuck out to me because, yeah. Um, again, as someone who is a huge nerd and likes to Google and research things, like, I really want to understand things all yeah. the time, you know? So, yeah. and that's reasonable. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That is very reasonable. Um, So in the production of this film, you're shooting next quarter, uh, a weekend before, or the weekend before Blueberries is shooting, actually. Really? Yeah, you are. Oh, cool. Um, But, you know, it's going to be a journey from pre-production all the way up to editing. Is there something that you're looking forward to being okay with not understanding about Wild Wild Us, about this film? Yeah, that's a that's a good question because parts of this film I don't understand. It's like I don't understand why we go in and out of consciousness this way. I don't understand why we can't be connected with nature and why we've gone so far the other way, so disconnected from Mm. the reality of our world. And and it's a big question mark. And that's what this film is. It's like a big question mark. It's like, why, why do we have, why do we have these brief moments of connection and understanding and consciousness? And then why do we have to go back? It's like, why can't we just be there all the time? And that's why I'm making the film. It's just a big question mark. It's like, Mm. 
this is a thought and it's a question that I have. And do you have this question too? And if you don't and it flies by you and you don't understand it, okay, that's fine. But Mm. I know that there are people that have this question and I want to, I just want to present this question out in the world and say, do you think about this also? And Mm. that's, that's what I want the film to be sort of. Mm. Wow. Well, I'm sure that you'll find that a lot of people think about it. This has been an hour of connection and an wow. hour of consciousness. Yes, it I has. Have, I have loved metaphysical this. Metaphysical podcast. Yes. This is becoming the metaphysical podcast. Exactly. I love it. Um, this has been a bunch of fun. Um, I've said it multiple times, but check out their Indiegogo campaign. It went live yesterday for listening to this podcast on the day that it goes out. Uh, will it be up for like a month probably? It should, it should okay. be up for a month. So it'll be yeah. up for a month. Um, yeah. Genuinely, anything helps. So donate what you can. And if not, share it out please that is also do. a huge thing yeah um so please do that please support yeah only re- only donate if you resonate with the project if you don't it's okay like you yeah. understand yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. well julia thank you so much for doing this this West, has been great you're fantastic you're fantastic and this was fantastic it was goodbye everybody <laughs> goodbye everyone see ya